Howdy, I'm Paul Isaacoder, and this is Author's Dozen, a podcast where I explore barriers to storytelling by writing one novel every month for 12 months. Please enjoy. The spark will die in seconds. You dreamed last night. You probably don't remember the whole or any of the dream, but you dreamed nonetheless. You dreamed some catalyst, a friction on flint, the strike of a match, but without tinder to hold the spark, it faded as fast as it burned. Last week, we chatted, we digressed, we sort of wandered about, wondering what moments of crisis have to do with the discipline of creation. But I did promise in the episode before that I would tell you how I organically build from an initial vision without losing that spark both by the past example of Siren Deep, which you can now read, and Night of the Mayfly, which we are going to build in real time week by week. And that's not the only promise I fulfilled today. This Easter, I am resurrecting the manuscript of Run Prometheus, which you can read now for free at authorsdozen.com. So we talked about charismatic images and their sausage casings so far as they pertain to how we start a story. That spark is the mysterious bit, but everybody has them. When I mention that I write in my free time, about half the people in LA believe that they have found a kindred soul and proceed to pitch their latest idea. And guess what? Some ideas are good. Real good. And I don't care. You know what's a good idea? Going to the moon. A better mousetrap. Solving world hunger. But you know their ideas. Without the force of will and the materials to bring them to fruition, ideas of this kind are free-floating, non-matter, while powerful to you, nothing to anyone else. In fact, if I had to write any of these good ideas people pitch me, it would be trash. While a plant cannot grow without seed, neither can it grow without soil. I'm not the heart that made the spark, and I'm not the heart that can hold it. If you can't nurture the story that you give birth to, I'm sorry, but it's going to die. No judgment. So, say you love an idea so much that you get maternal. What next? Well, we talked about basic story structure in an earlier podcast. A recap. Something exists in the beginning, something comes along to shake up that existence, and things change for the better or the worse. It's the change and what it reveals about the characters that excites us and holds our attention. So say you've got a cool idea, say a mysterious shell floating in the middle of space or an invasion fleet that spent a young girl's entire lifetime in transit. Well, actually, that young girl doesn't exist yet. What, Paul, are you saying that the main character of Siren Deep didn't exist until after the shell and the ships and the monster? Well, yeah, she's just a person. I built this girl named Asha from the ground up to be a perfect storytelling device. Is there a theme in the book about baseless jingoism? Asha is the ideal character for that. Is the book about rejecting received wisdom for wisdom that proves its worth and wisdom? We can see that best through Asha's eyes. Or maybe your spark is a character, and you want to build a world that best tells their story. We saw that in the novel Hollow. The wolves might have ended up being the defining feature, but they weren't the spark. Now, the spark can't survive on its own. I actually think story gurus are wrong when they talk about building out a story from core beats. 
The example that gets trotted out most often is George Lucas's Star Wars plot. George has so often claimed that he built his story on the archetypical hero's journey indigenous to most cultures that we ended up thinking that the structure was the main spark. Not so. George, when pressed, will talk about how he wanted to live in the worlds of space adventure Flash Gordon, and how he dreaded having to take up the family's business at his dad's stationery store. That was the Strike Anywhere match. The story structure, those were the twigs and bits of paper that kept the flame alight long enough to light the fuel that keeps the Star Wars behemoth going all the way to the Mandalorian and Baby Yoder and all that. So, with Siren Deep, I took those core concepts and built a world that could make sense of them, and a character who had experienced that world in a journey of personal growth. To the degree that I succeeded, I succeeded because I looked after that little baby idea. The idea does not survive on its own. The idea, in fact, is only good to the one it catches. It's worthless unless it's yours, unless you internalize it, unless it infects you and makes you work for it. Now, the reason the dream you had last night faded is because it wasn't tended to. Uh, maybe it doesn't deserve to be. Maybe it's a dumb idea. But maybe there's something really powerful there. And the only way you're going to find out is by tending to it, by sheltering it from the wind. Maybe your baby is a dud, but maybe it's Baby Yoder, a powerful, powerful lizard boy. All right. Maybe not. I don't know. All right, real quick, uh, somebody over at Patreon asked, uh, you said the best reason to write is because you enjoy it. What scenes from the three books so far stood out as particularly fun or engaging to work on, and what was it like to write them? Well, that's a good question, someone over at Patreon. Um, first of all, best reason to write is because you enjoy doing it. Yes, I, I do want to emphasize, sometimes, yeah, it sucks. And sometimes you are a kind of person who has a really awesome story to tell and you don't necessarily enjoy telling it. I would still encourage that person to step forward and be like brave and stick their neck out and tell us all a cool story. Um, secondly, what scenes from the three books so far stood out as particularly fun? Okay, um, engaging, I would say... First book, Hollow, uh, there's a little scene where um, the character is recovering from a uh, hectic battle, um, having lost a lot, and uh, is sort of being consoled by this other character. Um, one character is stitching the other up and uses that uh, to sort of describe as a metaphor um, the kind of pain that, you know, comes from healing and relationships. And uh, I, I thought that was really wonderful. I was kind of on my knees uh, writing that one, um, literally my desk. Uh, let's see here. Run Prometheus. Um, one thing that uh, was pretty powerful to me when I was writing it was uh, one character feels uh, very be uh, betrayed in a moment um, and sort of has this sort of sinking, crushing feeling that you know, the one person she trusts most in the world is, uh, you know, awful. Um, I also like the ending of Run Prometheus. I know we were talking about, like, using the elements early in that book to uh, build towards something satisfying. I think that I ended up doing it. Um, there were just some things in the book that were sort of uh, powerful, charismatic moments. 
and you get to use your problem solving by saying, well, oh, you know, thing A happens, thing B happens. What could that lead to in thing C? It's can end up being pretty satisfying. Um, third book, uh, Siren Deep. Um, I, again, I think it comes down to these character moments where characters are sort of teaching each other and consoling one another. Um, one of my characters just spends up spends a lot of time uh, beating up another character um, and using that as a way to teach her lessons and some and like through that uh, engagement and combat the character who's getting beat up uh, sort of I don't know shows her character shows that she's willing to come back and take a punishment in order to learn a lesson um, and it also teaches you something about the character who's like doing the beating that you know she is not uh, sadistic. She is not doing this to, um, you know, gain her own personal pleasure. Uh, but the character is sort of fighting uh, with one hand behind her back in order to um, show this uh, character in a subordinate position, okay, this is how you need to, you know, deal with issues because later on you're going to find somebody and fight somebody uh, that won't hold back. So yeah, I, I think those have been the most engaging things uh, to write so far. And um, again, I did do a lot of work uh, in between that and you know some other parts that weren't as fun to write. Um, and uh, I hope that answers your question, someone over at Patreon. If you want to ask a question, go ahead and uh, think about you know going to Patreon. If the if you're listening to this show for free, that's because somebody else uh, you know chipped in to help me keep it running. All right, thank you guys so much, and I'll see you next week.